get back into it with my wine the nice sparkling water <laughs> because i'm pregnant now i can now everyone knows mm-hmm. so it's good all right yes i wonder if like there's one rogue family person i never told and they're like what the hell why didn't you tell me you're pregnant I mean, obviously everybody's <laughs> listening to this podcast everybody you today with a special guest. You want to say hi? His name's Ashton and he is currently sleeping. <laughs> hi buddy. If you hear any weird noises, it's a little infant baby. If you Ashton hear a Miller. fart or a poop, it is not us. Because this guy... Probably not us. <laughs> this guy can like clear a room. He's five and a half pounds, my friends. Listen, but I'm he pregnant. Can clear I could probably clear a room as well. <laughs> Be real. I do not miss that. Yeah. That's pregnancy. That's been real, real fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tired. I remember. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. Soon well, enough, we'll have both babies sitting next to each other. Ooh, they're going to be best friends. <sighs> so little Ashton's joining us. So Brooke had him, what, 12, 13 days ago? What's his birthday? Um, his birthday is February 8th. February 8th. Yep, labor was fun. I did not end up with a C-section, which was a bit of a surprise, but a good surprise. Um, we He tolerated labor okay. It almost turned into an emergency C-section because he his heart rate was just declining with contractions. But, but he's a little fighter. But, yeah, I uh, pushed him out real quick. Pushing out a baby that's under five pounds is a little easier than pushing out a baby that is like nine. eight or nine pounds. Um, so but yeah, still. yeah, get the epidural, he's my friends. So sweet. He's got the brightest blonde hair you've ever seen. Yes, so much blonde and hair, so much of it. Yeah. For, so what? He was born at thirty-six weeks. He was born at thirty-six weeks, so yeah. a month early, and he still has a ton of hair. Yes. Um, and he looks like a little old man in some pictures because like. He has more hair on his side. Like every baby, though, yeah. totally does. But especially but yeah, with yeah. his blonde hair. The, like, wrap-around hair. it looks white. Yeah, it's so cute. I think she posted a picture already on her, on her Instagram. Yes. So if you haven't seen it, you need to go check it out because it's adorable. Yeah, he's real cute. We'll post more. Don't worry. More baby pictures. Yeah. They probably enjoy seeing our kids more than us anyways. So. Yeah, they are cuter than us. Anyways, so today dogs. we're going to talk about something very near and dear to our hearts. Yes. And that is breastfeeding. We could probably do, like, multiple podcasts yeah. on breastfeeding. For, so. I bet someone could make an entire podcast about yes. breastfeeding. There's so much information out there. There is. So, so we could probably do, yeah, multiple podcasts. But now that Brooke's, like, a straight-up pro at breastfeeding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, not so oh, much. Oh, poor thing. I can still see your IV line. Oh, this is from donating plasma in college. Are you kidding? Yeah. This was, like, when I was a poor college student. It's like a permanent scar? Uh, yeah. It looks like I did arms? drugs. Uh-huh. <laughs> Track marks. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was from Mirror Hospital State no, recently. No, this is from like... That's crazy. 2010. Wow, I'm really good at getting off topic quickly. Yeah. All right, back to breastfeeding. <laughs> breastfeeding, okay. So Brooke's been nursing for two months, but... Or two um, weeks. Oh, yeah, two weeks. Pumping. But, oh, yeah. Okay, let's start over. <laughs> Brooke's been pumping for two weeks. Yes. But you have extensive experience with WIC. You had a ton yes. 
of just like knowledge going into it before you even started. Yeah, so I was a breastfeeding coordinator at my last job. I took a test. It was a certified lactation specialist test, which is like an intro um, certification. It's not a lactation consultant, which is an IBCLC. Mm-hmm. And if you meet somebody who has an IBCLC, that means that they've done extensive amount of hours before taking that test. And the like test is hard. Yeah, it's a lot. Which is like a full time. That's what we had to do for our internship to become RDs. So it's a big deal. Because I looked at doing it and I thought it would be like, oh, you get to add this on the side. No, No, it's it's a a full time -time job. (laughs) My friend, my best friend is working on getting her IBCLC right now, but she's a nurse and she works with babies. So it's easier for her to get the hours. Um, So yeah, it is, breastfeeding's hard. Let me tell you. Pumping's hard. Having a kid is hard. Yeah. Not getting sleep is hard. All of it is hard. Pregnancy. Yeah, it's all hard, man. <laughs> Keeping a child alive. Which is why I'm drinking wine tonight. <laughs> and I have spark, sparkling blackberry water. Yeah, it's good, but not as good as wine. Yeah. Um, One day we'll both be drinking wine on yeah, the podcast. It's going to be great. Oh, unless you get pregnant by the time I no. give birth. No. <laughs> no. Love you, you buddy, but no. By August, you're pregnant. Oh, God, no. No. Um, Anyways. Yeah, so, so breastfeeding and pumping. So the main thing you need to know about it is it's supply and demand. So the more you pump or latch, the more milk you're going to produce. So there's a lot of moms I worked with who said, oh, my supply is so low, my supply is so low. And I'd ask, how often are you breastfeeding or how often are you pumping? And they would say, oh, well, three times a day. Well, mm-hmm. newborns, you have to breastfeed or pump eight to 12 times a day, At least. which is a lot. Right. It's a lot of your day. Um, and so if you're not doing that, then your supply is going to go down. Um, so when, so I've nursed, I, I wasn't a breastfeeding coordinator or anything like that, but I nursed my son Aiden for, I, let's do over the math. A year. He was a year in November and I stopped nursing him in February. Yeah. So that's three. Yeah. A year and three months. months yeah. About. Um, so I nursed him. He was exclusively breastfed. For the first six months of life, then we added solids, but he only got, he never got like formula or anything. We did start him on cow's milk at a year, right Mm -hmm. around a year to start supplementing during the day. But so I nursed him. I didn't have a lot of like complications with it. I would say there were things that I definitely had to go through. Like breastfeeding is just hard in general. It's super demanding on the mom always. Mm -hmm. But as far as like supply and demand goes, I was nursing. And then a lot of times I would pump after I was done nursing him to mm-hmm. boost my supply and to give me like a little bit of a freezer stash because I went back to work. So yeah. that really helped keep my supply up, but it's a pain in the butt because oh, you yeah. just nursed for, especially with infants, sometimes it can be like 30 minutes and now you have to get your pumping all together and start pumping. And sometimes you don't even get anything. Mm-hmm. It's just that like stimulation really right. that gives you... The, the idea, you know, is that you trick your body into thinking your infant is needing more milk mm-hmm. so that you increase, which worked really well. I had a huge freezer stash. Yeah. And I already have a big freezer stash and he's two weeks. He's like a little over Not two even. weeks old. Oh, yeah. He's like a few no. days older. But um, the only reason I'm pumping full time is he was a preemie and preemies are missing like they don't have a great suck, swallow, breathe. So getting him to latch is really tiring for him and he's only five and a half pounds. So he's tiny. Um, so for him, it's a lot of work to try to breastfeed. So in order for us to leave the NICU, 
way to prove that he could take a bottle or breastfeed. And at his gestational age, they said he's not going to be breastfeeding yet. Um, so I'm trying to latch him every time and then I'm pumping and then I'm giving him the bottle. So it's like a 45 minute process. That's Um, a lot of work. It's a lot of work. (laughs) And newborns, like for those of you who don't have infants or newborns, they run on like a 90 to 120 minute schedule. Like they're eating every two hours. So if you think that two to three, yeah, right. So if you think about your breastfeeding, like what Brooke just said, it takes her 45 minutes to get all that done. By the time you're done and all cleaned up. You're like an hour away from having to do it all again. Like yeah. Have, it is a lot of your time, a lot of your energy, and very physically demanding on the mom. It takes a lot of your resources, a lot of your nutrition, because your body will make breast milk to its best standard no matter what mm-hmm. you're eating um, the best that it can. And then, so it's your physical demand and your mental demand. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of mental energy. It's exhausting. You can't, like, skip feedings at night. Like, there's Mm -hmm. no break. There's no shortcuts, which I think a lot of people think, like, oh, I'll just breastfeed, like, six times a day, and then I'll sleep through the night, and I'll give formula at night, which is fine if you want to do both. But if if your goal is to just solely breastfeed or to get your supply up, if you start supplementing too early with formula, that's when your supply usually tanks. Yeah. So again, if you if your desire is to do both, then great. Like a baby fed is is what we want. Right. Is the goal. Um and so it's totally up to you with how much you want to do. But if your goal is to solely breastfeed or get your supply up, then you really don't want to start supplementing too early. Um, yeah, I think so going back to like the head of the matter, you know that it's very it's a tenuous conversation to have with people breastfeeding their kid versus formula feeding versus whatever. I don't know what else there is. That's, that's yeah. pretty much yeah, all you Yeah, do. don't give your kid anything don't. else. Breast milk or formula. And please don't give your kid, like, and juice. These, people, like, have these. I'm not recommending this. People, There's, like, a raw goat milk. Oh, God. Yeah, I heard yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, anyways, obviously, Brooke and I, as dietitians fundamentally believe that breast milk is going to be the best thing for your baby. Mm -hmm. And that's backed by science. That's not just our opinion or whatever. That is completely 100% backed by science. In fact, if you look at any formula um, website or like even brochure, they say if breast milk is not an option, we think our product's the next... Ooh, baby just flipped. The next best thing. Ooh, <laughs> baby <Sorry. kicks. laughs> I got distracted. That's so exciting. even formula companies will say breast is best. But if you can't... first, And there are legitimate reasons for why women can't produce enough breast milk, can't keep up their supply, like, or just literally never get their milk in. Like, there mm-hmm. are situations for sure where that happens and you have to use formula, and that's fine. And maybe we could do a whole episode on best formulas out there. Yeah. You would know better than I would. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard because too. Because your wick days. Yeah. It totally depends. But there's a lot out there. It's really overwhelming. Even for me as a dietitian, it's super overwhelming. I look at it and like, how do you know which one to feed your baby? Well, and I think a lot of it comes down to your mental health as a mom too. So like totally. if you, like I met a mom at church recently and she said um, she was having trouble latching just like, you know, kind of the same boat as me. So she was like pumping full time and she said, you know, it got to be such a burden on me mentally yep. that I was becoming depressed and I was um, so stressed out about it that it affected my mental health. And yeah. for her, you know, just starting to get formula, it helped her so much mentally. And so for her, like, you know, being a parent, your mental, like your mental health is so important. So if you feel like mentally you can't do it anymore, then you need to put your mental health on top of 
it because you're the parent and like you need to get you need the mental stamina to keep yeah to take care to of your parent kid. <laughs> yeah exactly so definitely like but there will be trials in breastfeeding that will last but it's a phase like everything that I ever dealt with in my 15 months of nursing was always a phase it's a pain in the butt a lot of times but it was always a phase and it would pass so like some of the things that I experienced <laughs> with Aiden for I would say two full months he only wanted to be nursed while standing up in a dark room while like bouncing him <laughs> can you just imagine that mental <laughs> picture of me nursing him in a dark That's room hilarious. bouncing him standing up it's exhausting because you're in the middle of the night now nursing him now standing, standing. you can't like, <laughs> sit in a rocker like when he was littler and I could just sit in a rocker and basically fall asleep with him attached to me like it was not yeah, a big deal at all and then he went through a whole phase where it's funny to complain about this, but where he only wanted to be nursed laying down. So I would lay down next to him and nurse him, which sounds like a dream. It's not. It's like a pain in the butt. It's not a comfortable position. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, have you tried it yet? No, they told You're me not like, to because he's so small. That makes sense. Yeah. But I feel like it, if you can just imagine in your head someone trying to suckle on you while you're laying down, you kind of have to be in an awkward position for it to be kind of comfortable for both of you. And so it's like not, it wasn't ideal for long term and it was every time. And think about how often you're in public or like in a place oh, where yeah, you can't, you can't lay just down. lay down. No. Yeah, unless you're at home. Like at the mall and I'm like laying down on the floor. <laughs> no, like that is not how it works in real life. So yeah, unless you're at home. So then we kind of got into like a rut of not leaving the house because if he wanted a nurse, you know, so my issues were pretty minor. The right. other thing that was kind of, I don't know if it, I would call it a phase because it lasted the entire time. And I was telling Brooke about this before, is my supply was super heavy. It was like a freaking hose. Like, so right. I would, which I do think has something to do with the fact that I was very adamant about pumping right. and like increasing my supply, but it would like choke him. <laughs> it would be really hard. And so he would spit up a lot after feeds or whatnot. And his poop would turn green. Did you ever try laying back? Yes. Okay. We did that one a lot. He did pretty well. His nose, though, is like... So babies' noses, when you're nursing, will push down and yeah. like flatten out so that they can breathe out their nostrils. Whenever I was leaning back on him, his nose would... <laughs> My breasts were big, <laughs> right. so it was very hard for him to breathe. So we had a hard time unless I was half empty. Okay. Doing that. So it, it just was a constant shuffling game about how he needed to be fed. So it's not, you know, dropping in some formula to some water, mixing it up and feeding it. Right. Super easy. Like, right. I think most formula fed or moms who use formula would agree that it's pretty quick and dirty and easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's like, it's more stuff you have to bring. So essentially just like when you're expensive. Yes. And the cost is like a big factor of why I for like for sure. I'm like set on pumping, even though it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> um, and I'm hoping he'll latch so I don't have to pump long term. but that's like one big reason why I don't want to use formula is I don't want to pay for it. Yes. Like it's this so is free. Expensive. <laughs> Yeah, it's so expensive, and then it's a so lot of expensive. times babies have issues with, like, standard formula, so they have to get sensitive, or... And they're expensive. They're even more expensive. Yeah. And breast milk, what's amazing about breast milk is it changes for your baby. Your breast milk is specifically made for your child, mm-hmm. which is incredible. So your body regulates the fats, proteins, carbohydrates, even the micronutrients or the immuno, like, antibodies that it needs to feed that baby, and it's... All it needs for six months. 
Yeah. That's incredible. And then you can um, use vitamin D drops to yeah, supplement. Yeah, you need vitamin D. So we're As does that. everyone else, by the right. way, get on a vitamin D. We so. all need vitamin D. <laughs> but um, yes, and the cool thing about it is like once you start breastfeeding, like you'll just get a little bit out and it's really thick yellow and that's called colostrum. Yeah, like it's the first three really, days about. Yeah, yeah. And even it kind of transitions from like thick mm-hmm. yellow to like looking more like milk. But um, it's filled with all these antibodies. So even though you're not making a lot, it's still really, really vital those first like five days that you have that to and get I that to them. When we had Aiden, um, they had like a representation in the room of how big your baby's stomach is. Yeah, I used to have that in my yeah. class. I taught. It's like a ping pong ball. I was gonna say, what's the type? Is the tiniest one a ping pong ball? I mean, like that's term? not for preemies. Yeah, so I don't know what preemies are. I but... feel like I remember Aiden's being like the size of a date or something, like pretty small. Yeah. Well, when I started feeding him as a preemie, right? We were using my milk and donor breast milk. Um, so he's never gotten formula or anything, but he got my milk plus donor breast milk. And the first few days, I mean, he was preemie. He only, he only got like 10 milliliters. Right. Which is a third of an ounce. Yeah. I mean, a third of an ounce. It's so small. It's like how much you take when you need cough medicine. Yeah, exactly. That's how much he was taking (laughs) at each feeding. So, uh, and then once they're like a month old, then they're like taking two or three ounces. Right. You know, at a time. It advances pretty quick, but that colostrum, it doesn't look like a lot. And so moms will get stressed, like their baby's not getting enough food. And it's hard because, and I think I've talked about this in the picky eating episode, where it's so emotional. You want your kid to be fed. You want to give them all their basic needs. And so when you see colostrum or you see like a baby refuse your breast, you know, or they choose not to eat or they just take a little bit. Like Aiden went through this phase of he would breastfeed or nurse for like, 45 minutes. And then the next time we fed him three hours later, it was like five minutes. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, that can't be enough. But really, when you think about it, okay, well, we eat full meals and then we snack. And then Mm -hmm. we eat full meals and we snack. Why would it be any different for him? Like, I let him regulate it. I let him run the show, which is exhausting. It's exhausting to do for 16 months of your life to let them run everything. (laughs) I think, like, now that I'm going from pumping to trying to latch full-time, so, like, once he's full-term, hopefully he'll be latching, but um, it's going to be really hard for me to just trust that I'm making enough going, because right now I pump X amount. I know exactly how much he's getting each feeding. I know that it's enough because he's growing. He's going to the doctor so many times. He has so (laughs) many appointments. Um, you already have enough appointments with a newborn, but when you have a special needs child who's on oxygen and who sees cardiology, like he's going to the doctor so much. So I'm getting his weight checked constantly. Mm -hmm. So I know right now, like, oh, when I pump, I give him this amount and then he's going to gain weight. Well, if you're just breastfeeding and you're not pumping, you you, you just hope, you know, you count their wet and poopy diapers, which is, is enough. And you can kind of tell if they're gaining weight, but it's also nerve wracking. And so I know I'm going to struggle with that going Mm -hmm. from pumping to that. If I had just had him full term and he was gaining, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have as much concern, but going from like pumping to that is really going to like, I'm going to struggle with it. Um, I think that's really true. Like with Aiden, cause I never did that. Like, unless he was taking a bottle at like daycare and I went back to work, I never knew how much he was getting. Right. But we were checking his weight at every doctor's appointment. But, like, for a typical kid, doctor's appointments are still, like, a month in between, mm-hmm. two months, three months, whatever. So it wasn't frequent. I do remember, however, that I started a um, – I went to a lactation uh, support group oh, yeah. kind of thing. And it was 
it was good. I, I don't think I would say I would feel super comfortable there, but I would go there and they would weigh him before I nursed him and then weigh him after. Yeah, after, yep. And that was helpful, but I went two weeks in a row um, and he didn't gain a single ounce between two, mm. like a full week. And they had me so concerned. And I, I know. Like when I look back on it, I'm like, calm down. Like he was fine. He yeah, was totally he was fine. fine and normal. And, and he was like probably a, having wet and poopy diapers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a totally typical kid. There's nothing to be concerned about. I'm not saying there's always nothing to be concerned about when they haven't gained, a, like, a freaking ounce in a week. But for him, he then the next week gained double what he should have in a week. So, right. like, that's how we grow generally. So mm-hmm. I, like, liked the lactation support group, but it also gave me, like, more anxiety. So, like, what you're saying, the fact that you can count it all... Yeah, is a, I know. Is a yeah. pro. It's, like, nice, but then it's also, like, it makes you doubt everything, too. So It does. And <sighs> it's hard. <laughs> it's hard, too, because, like, when we were able to leave the NICU, we had pressure. Like, he has to be gaining. Right. He has to have his feeding tube out. He has to, like, meet all this criteria before we'll send him home. So that ingrained in my mind. Like, he needs <sighs> yeah. to be gaining weight all the time. He needs to be taking X amount. And so... If he was full term and like completely healthy, um, you know, I don't think I'd be as worried if he wasn't gaining. But now I have this ingrained in my head, like he's a preemie, so he's already like, I right? Mean, he's already like way smaller than he should be. They showed me his growth chart today. Yeah, he's in like the first percentile, oh. first <laughs> for like his for gestational his age or his like corrected age. I can't remember if, and they may have not been used. It's, Honestly, I don't know if they were even using a Down syndrome chart. Okay. Yeah, so that's the other thing. Still. I should have asked that, but yeah, he has Down syndrome, so he's already going to be smaller. Yeah. And like shorter and whatever. As long as they're trending him on the same scale. And he is time. trending. Yeah. He's trending like he's Good. gaining, but it's Guys, just, he's so sweet. He's so cute. Ugh. Anyways. Um, oh yeah, funny question, Alyssa. So have you tasted your breast milk? Yes, I totally done that. I did too. <laughs> Guys, it tastes so good. It tastes like it's vanilla, so... coconut, <laughs> almond milk. Yeah. That's what I think it tastes I like. I feel like mine was like, I remember that scene from Friends mm-hmm. where they're trying to get Ross to taste Carol's breast milk and he, he either he finally does or someone else and they, oh, it's um her partner. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Susan. Susan. Duh, Dude, you're not a real what? friend. I'm pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> pregnant, <laughs> pregnant. Um, she calls it cantaloupe milk and I... Literally can't get that out of my head. That's I what didn't I thought try it tasted like. Like when you, th- I mean, it's like funny because there's no such thing as cantaloupe milk. Here, I'm gonna taste it's it. Like right cantaloupe now. juice or whatever. <laughs> and basically, that's what I feel like it. Ta- it's like thinner than like than like thick whole milk. Oh, that one didn't taste as good. That one wasn't <laughs> fresh. <laughs> Not fresh. That's been sitting out for well, an hour. I have to tell Ooh, you, that doesn't taste very good. It tasted really good the other day. The I have to tell <laughs> you. <laughs> now she has to drink her wine. I have to tell you, so Brooke hasn't experienced it yet, but breast milk, when it goes rancid, it goes rancid bad. It's the worst thing I've ever smelled in my entire life. Did he drink it? No, no, no. No, you sm- you can smell it. Okay, like, I was no going to say, did he ever try it and go like, ew, mom, no. what the hell? He, no. <laughs> what are you trying to feed? You wouldn't be able to get it oh, okay. past yourself to feed it to oh, them. Okay. But I've definitely had times where I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't think this has been out very long. I'll, it'll be fine. And I'll like get a whiff of it and like, what? Like... It's the worst, but it's interesting. This is what's really cool about breast milk. There's a window of time that breast milk is safe on the counter, like room temperature. Yeah. Four hours. So what I do is I pump and I leave it out at night. Yeah. I leave it out on the 
counter because he's going to eat within four hours. He's going right. to eat within two or three. Yep. Boom. But it's crazy because sometimes your breast milk, you can smell it the moment it goes bad. And sometimes it will last longer and sometimes shorter. And it's it's just nuts because I think it just shows that your breast milk changes the dynamics of it. Like your proteins, fat, and carbohydrates all are changing. And this is like floor milk, hind milk. Like your hind milk is going to be fattier, which mean, hind meaning at the very end of your feed, especially when you're breastfeeding the very end right before they typically fall asleep is full of fat because that's what will keep them full for longer. They start with carbohydrate and it's high or four milk is full of carbohydrate. So they get that burst of energy so that they can finish their feed and then it's capped off with the fat. And that is something that formula will never be able to replicate, mm-hmm. which is really crazy. And like formula, no matter if you give it to them when they're one month older 12 months old or 11 months old or, or whatever. creamy or whatever. It's creamy, all it's all the same. Whereas, like, when you're breastfeeding or pumping, yeah, it's constantly changing. So your breast milk at a month old is completely different than when your baby is eight months old. So we actually, Alyssa and I, like, listened to a webinar recently right before I went on maternity leave, and it was all about, like, donor milk and how it's it's good like donor milk is preferred over formula but it's it's not as good as mom's milk because right. you could be using donor milk from a mom who pumped for an 8 month old and then you're giving it to your newborn and mm-hmm. it's it's not and they mix it with other mom's milk and then pasteurize oh, yeah. it yeah on a low level so it's still good it's totally. just it's not preferred over mom's like the mom's own milk well what's cool is as you get further along and you might have already noticed this now with your milk now but what i what i saw in my freezer was you can tell the color Color. oh yeah you can go look at my freezer right now between the time of day you pumped but also the months that like Mm -hmm. you were pumping it looks different completely different which is so (sighs) i keep saying this but it's so cool that breast milk can do that that our our human bodies are so specifically uniquely made so that we can feed our babies exactly what they need. And there's even evidence and research to show that when you're sick, um, you still breastfeed while you're sick, um, Mm -hmm. completely fine to do that, um, that your body actually will produce those antibodies and feed it to your baby so they don't get your sickness. doesn't mean they won't, but (laughs) they at least have some immunities, um, which again, formula doesn't have. Mm -hmm. So... And then the other, um, some other like pros for breastfeeding or pumping, um, some benefits. So it can help prevent breast and ovarian and uterine cancer in the mom. So like for me, I have a lot of breast cancer in my family. Um, so it's really important for me to do anything I can to prevent. Again, like my aunt, I know for sure one of my aunts who has breast cancer or had breast cancer, she breastfed, you know, so it's, it's right. not that it's going to like 100%, yeah. but you know, it's, because I, I have a family 54% history, ch- like 54% reduction in breast okay. uterine and ovarian cancer. That's and huge. That is freaking huge. And the other thing I will note too, when I was looking at it is that it says on average, uh, nursing for one to two years out of their life. Not okay. all in a row. Like, I don't think they meant, like, oh, one Oh, so you could breastfeed six months for one and six months for the other? Yeah, okay. so it's, like, oh, at least cool. a year of nursing at all in your life. So, I mean, I don't think that they've shown much, like, increased benefit for longer than two years right. in your life. But still, just the thought that, like, that helps that part of your life is really cool. Also, that reminded me, one thing that they've also shown is that your baby, when um, you're physically nursing, so, like, actually on the breast... The baby's saliva seeps into 
the mom and goes the opposite way where your body learns from the baby's saliva of what to create in the next breast milk, which is insane. My mind is blown. There's evidence <laughs> of it. There's these crazy videos that show it. So if your baby's fighting off a cold that, by the way, you may not even know about, your body can produce antibodies for it that you didn't even know was going on and you're just nursing them. Yeah, <laughs> Which is that's so crazy. Insane. So even just that moment of latching that you're doing with him is so important to get that right. contact. Then the other um, perks for mom. So it helps get your uterine size back to normal and mm. it helps with your blood loss. So like Alyssa and I, we both didn't have a lot of blood loss after um, our babies. Yeah, Again, you may not even know that you bleed after having birth, but you bleed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been like spotting. However, yeah. I have had friends that were fully breastfeeding and they did have a lot of bleeding. Sure. So it's not to say that it's going to like 100%, but it can prevent you from losing as much blood. We also read studies that said it helps lower depression levels in moms. In moms. And I do think like for postpartum depression, postpartum... Um, even just baby blues and whatnot, I think, and I, I don't know, this isn't science, but I would think and imagine that what that is, is you're creating that bonding time with your baby mm-hmm. that you really need and not that formula, not that formula fed babies aren't getting bonding with their parents. I think they absolutely are, but there's something about bonding with your baby while you're feeding them in general, especially nursing mm-hmm. that starves off a lot of depression and sadness and like you feel connected to that baby. That's a really good way to bond, which postpartum depression usually occurs when you're not bonding with that baby. So Yeah, so it can help. Um, big the other plus. big thing, big perk, weight loss. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know for me, I legitimately lost 15 pounds my first two weeks. Yeah. Brooke looks basically normal, guys. I look almost normal. Yeah. Close. So, I'm eating uh, way more <laughs> than I ever ate pregnant. I was going to say, I, ate I had mo- that too. I'm eating, I'm legitimately eating more. It's funny because the nurse for work called me and she's like, are you eating enough? Because she asked me my weight at the end of my pregnancy, my weight now. And I, I like laughed. Dude, I'm eating so much. I'm eating, <laughs> I'm not watching what I eat yeah. at all. Like I had pizza for lunch mm-hmm. and it was good. I'm going to have chili for dinner, which is delicious. Um, drinking, I've had one glass of wine, probably, yeah, most days since yeah. I've been home because I haven't had wine. I haven't had one more than one drink yet. Oh. Which is probably all I can handle is like that one drink me, over I hours. nursing. Oh, that's yeah, a that's a good topic. About. Okay, guys. So, you can have a drink and you can breastfeed or pump. So, the, the main thing I learned during my lactation class, good thought, by the way. The main thing I learned during my lactation class was if you feel drunk, yep, then pump and dump. Mm-hmm. So like if you don't feel sober enough to drive a car. So like right now, if I had two glasses of wine really quickly, right, that would for me now my tolerance. I would <laughs> I would pump and dump. If I had two glasses of wine over like the course of four hours and dinner, yep. I'd be fine. Yeah. Um, so like right now it's going to take me an hour and a half to probably finish a glass of wine and I'm drinking water and I'm going to eat. I'm not pumping and dumping. Right. So there's a big myth out there that you can't drink at all and nurse. And let's be honest. Well, you're you a mom. You always have to pump and dump. Yeah. And like you're a new mom. I'm sorry. You need to have a glass of wine or a drink. I mean, if you enjoy <laughs> it. I know a lot of people don't like drinking. That's fine too. Well, something but me and my sister-in-law used to do relax. was. Relax. Yeah. Seriously. 
we would drink while we were nursing because the yeah. thing is, is that milk has already been produced and it's sitting in your ducts waiting right. to be fed. You're not, it's not an instantaneous um, reaction. Right. So when you, so it was like perfect timing for us and what a great way to enjoy nursing yes. sessions, drink a glass of wine. Yeah. And then by the time that you're ready to feed again, three hours later, that's actually dissipated in your, in um, your milk. Mm-hmm. So for example, my sister-in-law also and I both bought um, pH strips. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those? My friend Kayla used them. I legit was like, I'm not buying them because I know, like, yeah. I know if I have one drink, I'm, I can breastfeed. We, I was super curious. I wanted to do some tests on it, and mm-hmm. I not one time got a reading that was like, don't don't feed your baby this milk. So every oh, time I would awesome. pump, I would check it. Well, not every time. Every time I, it was when I was with my sister-in-law and yeah, we were doing you guys it wanted to like test it. Yeah. yeah. And I think I've actually put it in her stocking. I think it was like a funny like <laughs> thing to do. Summer. And, um, I don't know if she got a positive or not ever. I'd have to ask her, but it's so, um, it dissipates in your breast milk as well. So if you're feeding, let's say you have a glass of wine and then 45 minutes later you're feeding, maybe not the best time to breastfeed wait a little while longer or mm-hmm. like, I mean, I don't know the exact times of how long and everyone's so different because it's based on your weight and your tolerance level right? and how much water you're drinking and like you said, right. food. if you're eating, yeah. yeah. But if you're concerned about it, get those test strips, pump, do a little hand expression and check your breast milk before you feed, but probably it's going to be just yeah. fine. Well, and I, I hate it because there was a few moms on Instagram. I can't remember who they were. They were like celebrities and mm-hmm. they were breastfeeding and having a glass of wine. Oh, yes, And I that. wanted to be like, amen, sister, yeah. you do you like killing it. <laughs> like, you know, and all they these people hate. were, all these people were like, you are abusing your child. Blah, yeah. blah. And I was like, she's having one glass of wine. Right. Like, no, she is fine. And if they tested her breast milk right now, guess what? It's completely safe. Right. Um, so stop judging other moms. <laughs> and don't judge other moms for any reason. Like, right. honestly, if you're feeding your child, then amen. Yeah, if you're not neglecting them. Yes. Abusing them. Yes, or abusing it's like, them. Brooke and I are very pro-breastfeeding and nursing. And if you want to talk about it, great. And we'll tell you what's great about it. We'll but if you want a formula you. feed, right. then great. Let's just find a formula that your kid tolerates. Right, exactly. As long as they're, like, gaining weight and not having, like, blood in their stools or, you know, anything like <laughs> right. that, then we're good, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, um, there's... I don't know. It's just so sad. It is really sad out there about, like, the mom shame and mom guilt and all this stuff. And I, I'm pretty good at putting it aside for the most part. Right. Especially when it comes from strangers. When it comes to people close to me and they say things, I'm like, okay, I can't handle that. Right. Like, that's too much guilt. So be careful with your words about any... Or, by the way, Starbucks employees, if you're listening, we hear your guilt and judgment when we order coffee at Starbucks and pregnant, right? Oh, yeah. I order coffee pregnant all the time. We don't it's need fine. it. Yeah, because, guys, go, you can have a glass. Do you want decaf? No, I do not want decaf. Hell no, I don't. No, I'm no. Don't yeah, you can have caffeine. Yeah, so don't judge <sighs> moms for drinking. Now, again, like, if I decided to go out and drink heavily with my friends... Which probably won't happen, um, <laughs> not for a long time. But um, if I did decide to do that, then yeah, I would pump and dump. But honestly, right. it's like yeah, if you have one drink, yeah, stop judging. And the other thing, yeah, don't judge moms. Like Alyssa and I just went to um, a work conference this last week, and the speaker was saying that his sister <laughs> goes around to pregnant people, and this is so mean. She so would, rude. She would be like, 
do you love your children? Well, if you do, you're only going to breastfeed. And I was like, okay. Yeah, she let's was be like, like, no. She was giving all the statistics for like breastfed babies are less likely to develop diabetes and kidney cancer and all these things, which may be true in a lot of correlational studies. Right. But also, like Brooke said, there's a lot of other factors that go in. You may not be able to physically breastfeed. You may have like, I know some people that have had cancer right after they have a baby and yeah. they can't breastfeed. Yeah, what if you had breast cancer or you had. Right. Or you had like a double mastectomy. Totally. Like people don't know the or story. Or like your mental health, like you yeah. said. Or so like important. let's say you have to, you have severe depression or anxiety, and mm-hmm. you have to go back on your meds. And let's say that, and again, a lot of meds are safe to breastfeed with. Yeah. So check with your doctor and check multiple sources before just assuming right. that you can't. But um, you need to put your mental health first. So like let's say you have really terrible anxiety and depression and you need you need your meds. Guess what? Those meds are more important than breastfeeding your kid. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, you need to take care of them. So your mental health is so important. Yeah. Without you, your kid won't be fed at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we are definitely not here to shame anybody. And again, like honestly, even if you try it for a month and you're like, it's not for me. I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. Then you know what? You gave them that breast milk for a month. That's awesome. You right. still helped your kid's immune system. So And I think like too, I know a lot of women breastfed for as long as they feel like they could have and then supplemented with formula and maybe they felt embarrassed about that that they had to do formula or anything like that. There's nothing to be embarrassed about and like honestly it's hard to keep your supply up. It is a lot, it's a of, lot work. of work. <laughs> and especially towards the end when they're a year when Aiden was six months, eight months, when he's super aware of his surroundings, and he's his eating, is, is eating food. Well, he's eating food. Yeah, it is really hard to keep your supply up. My my period came back really quick. Like it was, it's a tough journey, and so do your best. But also know before you get pregnant, before you have a kid, it is hard. It will be hard. There yeah. are days that I wanted to literally throw my pump into the ocean, connected <laughs> to rocks. Yeah. I would still feel I don't love I my pump. I would love to still do that. I'm going to take a bat to it. Yeah. It's, I hate it. I know. I love nursing, and some women don't. But yeah. just know that if if you want the benefits of breastfeeding, it will be hard. You're going to have trying times, especially the first, mm-hmm. typically the first two to six weeks are the hardest that you'll deal with. And I would say from personal experience, my second hardest time was when Aiden was super aware of his surroundings, and it got really hard to nurse I had to be like in a They're dark so room. So distracted, yeah. Sorry. He didn't like the cover. Like, you see these moms with like three month old babies with a cover, and they look so peaceful. Yeah, wait until that baby's nine months old. I know, and that's they will rip it. Yeah. Off so here's chest. the other topic I wanted to bring up. So breastfeeding in public. So yes. like, um, and I've had this discussion with Jesse because you know he he's a dude. He doesn't know a lot about <laughs> it. And I was like, well, babe, like some babies don't like covers, and sometimes when they're older, they like won't use it. And I'm sorry if my kid's screaming and he needs to like feed. Yep. I'm going to feed him in whatever capacity I can to right. like shut him up, you know? And like, just because you want to use a cover, it doesn't mean that your kid's going to like it they or use it. it. Yeah. And you know, again, it's fine if like it makes the mom feel more comfortable, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to like go out of my way to make other people feel comfortable. Right. Like everybody, everybody who's come over to my house so far, you've seen me pump and you've seen my nipples and I don't care. Right. <laughs> I don't care. If you have problems seeing my nipples, then then don't leave, you know, but like stay in one and a half hour. Yeah, I don't care. (laughs) Like it's once you have a baby and everyone sees your vagina, 
like <laughs> ten people are staring at it with a spotlight. You modesty is out the window. Is not what they That's said. That's literally what my doctor yeah. said. He said, Brooke, this is when all modesty goes out the window. And he told me to spread my legs and put a spotlight on him. And then I had ten doctors in the room because literally because you know Ashton was so high risk for all these things. But yeah, normally that many people are not in the room. And um, there are things you can do. I'm not saying you have to do these things, but when you're in public. To nurse in public and make it more discreet. Like there is, I would say. A lot of outfits. Well, yeah. And the majority of time, I would guarantee if you were to survey people around me, they weren't even aware that I was No, most people don't care. Because it looks like you're holding your baby. Right. Yeah, I don't have my boob out. It's like there were very rare times that I was wearing something that I had to be really like open about. Not saying there's anything wrong with doing that, but there is ways to be discreet about it. So my best tip for breastfeeding moms tank top underneath a shirt yes lift up the shirt lift down the tank top and so that's all you expose and once the baby's attached which by the way once they're used to it after like six weeks which you're home for those six weeks anyways learning right. how to do it they don't really let go until they're old enough to rip away at your nipple with their teeth <laughs> then it gets fun real yes. challenging but seriously they cover it and then when you're done you're done you switch it's like no one's really noticing right Josh and I would have conversations about it before the baby came and I was like you like I'm totally going to nurse Yeah I don't care if my boobs <laughs> He was like stressed about it and I was like babe I, he didn't understand how discreet it was right like he was picturing this like kind of what you see on Instagram right. where you're moms like take off their shirt and, right like, no, that's typically not what most. Well, you're not gonna take off your whole shirt no. when you're out in public. Hey, or that's even, like too pull much it work. all the way down. Yeah, but, like some pictures I've seen online is like mom has both boobs out and it's only on one. It's like, why would you do that? Like, I mean, if you're home, you're yeah. only no, no, no. This oh, is in public. Yeah, yeah. Like, they yeah you don't. Need... And it's like normalized breastfeeding, and I'm totally for that. I'm not saying you can't, but most women are not gonna want to do that anyways. Well, no, and you're just you're gonna just like want to like do whatever's quickest yes. and like you know just pulling down on one baby. is just getting you know it's getting done faster right so um and then the other like thing with going back to like weight loss and breastfeeding is it's not necessarily like a pass that you're going to lose all this weight however you are burning a lot of calories like you're burning like 500 calories so technically you should be eating more than when you're pregnant. Yep. Um, and so I think what one thing that some moms do is they're so set on losing the baby weight. Yeah. The first two months or three months or whatever, they're so set on, like, I need to lose weight, so I need to cut down on my calories. And then their supply tanks. Yep. And they're still breastfeeding often. And so that's another thing is, like, you really do need to be eating as much, like, you need to be eating more than when you were, when you were pregnant. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so if you're just cutting calories to try to lose weight, you might lose weight faster, but you're also going to be cutting your supply most likely. Right. And I think that's where a lot of women do struggle is they start to try to go back to what they ate before they were pregnant. And they're Mm -hmm. like, okay, this was what my normal looked like. Well, now you're cutting, your body will make breast milk to the best quality that it can. Mm -hmm. But if you're not getting enough water is huge. Like you need more water even than when you were pregnant. And then on top of that, you need to have the right nutrition to make the form or the um, breast milk. Now, if you don't supply it with the right um, nutrients, it will start to take it from your stores, from the mom's stores. So that's where you see things like brittle hair, hair loss, bone density, like decrease, teeth you'll start getting cavities it'll start taking things from the mom to make breast milk and then eventually that won't be viable anymore and you'll lose supply mm-hmm. so that's where you see a lot of kind of postpartum issues not all of them some of them just happen 
like regularly. <laughs> like postpartum hair loss is something that happens regardless. But it can be um, enhanced by if you're not feeding yourself the right foods. And that's where I think, too, down the line in six, eight months when moms start to lose supply, I think it's probably because their eating habits have changed. Mm-hmm. Going back to intuitive eating, at yeah, least for so me, <laughs> yeah, at least for me while breastfeeding, my body was craving food. Like, oh, all I'm the time so hungry. hungry all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I'm eating to so those much. instincts because that's your body telling you in order to continue making breast milk at this velocity you need to be feeding yourself especially regularly. if you're breastfeeding and exercising so like yes. right now i haven't really started exercising yet um but once you start exercising and breastfeeding like you need even more calories so yes. not only do you need just like 500 calories a day extra like if you're exercising you're gonna need probably like 900 or a thousand like depending on what you're doing for right. the workouts um so i think that's just a misconception is i need to get down to my pre-pregnancy weight and breastfeeding yes it will help you also, you need to not cut down on what you're eating. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing with breastfeeding is, like we said, it's hard. We have different issues. Like right now I have a clogged milk duct or pain. I have, I don't know. I should probably yeah. call my doctor. But <laughs> um, like I'm having a lot of issues. I can't get them to latch. Like I have all these issues. So like don't be afraid to reach out to a lactation consultant. Right. I've already seen three and I'll probably be seeing more. Yeah. Um, and so just ask for help. And if you're pregnant or thinking about, you know, having kids soon, do some research, too, on baby-friendly hospitals. Baby-friendly hospitals are, um, they're formula-free, so they they do have formula, but not accessible. They don't offer it. They do donor milk first. That's what my hospital did. Even though they're not certified as baby-friendly, I thought they were very baby-friendly. I think most hospitals now are doing that Mm -hmm. and pushing breastfeeding because they want to get our rates up as a nation. Um, but also, they also have lactation consultants that come and check in with you before you discharge. Yep, they did that for me Which a is lot. amazing. Yeah. And, you know, at that point, you're kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, especially if it's your first. And mm-hmm. so they really help, like, make sure they're latching correctly and it's not hurting you. Because a lot of reasons why moms give up is because it hurts. It shouldn't right. hurt. If it's hurting, right. call a lactation It feels like they're tugging. Yeah. Like, when, like he's gotten, tug. when he's gotten, like, a good latch, I'm like, ooh, like, it's not that it's painful, yeah. but I'm like, oh, wow, he, like, really gripped on there. Yeah. But it feels like they're tugging. Yep. And then, you know, he oh. falls asleep, so then yeah, <laughs> that goes it's out the window like real quick. It's a very gentle tug, and it, it should definitely, you'll feel, I mean, it's like someone's giving you a hickey. <laughs> like, it's not going to be right. super painful. It shouldn't hurt. They shouldn't be making a ton of noises as far as, like, suck, um, just suckling noises, nothing like... I don't know, babies will make, if they're latched wrong, I don't know how to describe it, they'll have like a popping noise if they're latched incorrectly. So pay attention to those things, but also talk to that lactation consultant before you leave the hospital. Make sure you're, you know, set up for success and then figure out if they have a lactation support group. You can, and you can honestly, like even my pediatrician, I just went today and they said, oh, if you're having trouble, here's our lactation consultants. You can come in for a consultation and then... For me, like through the Down syndrome group, I already met with a lactation consultant who has a daughter with Down syndrome. So she was awesome. Um, And so I'll be seeing her again, too. Um, And then, yeah, I saw two different ones in the hospital. They were both really great and helpful. Um, So just don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Because it's not easy. (laughs) Yeah. And there are a lot of recipes out there if you just Google, like, um, increased milk supply brownies or bite, lactation, or cookies. lactation cookies or Rouge. power pumping 
Have you done power pumping? Are you talking about like pumping with a pump? No, it's called power pumping sessions to help increase your supply. So you pump for 20 minutes and then you take 10 minutes off. Oh, yeah. And then you pump for 10 minutes and then you take 10 minutes off and then you pump for 10 minutes. Yep. And then you take like two hours off. I did that twice just to see if it would help. Yeah. So I've done that, but I didn't know it was called that. But Mm -hmm. I also, like I said earlier in the episode, I would pump after Aiden was done nursing and that would increase your supply. And it's, it's not about how much you're getting. It's about that stimulation. Mm-hmm. So the more you stimulate, the more you will end up producing. It's not an instantaneous, oh, they need more milk right now. Here you go. It's, oh, they need more milk around noon. Tomorrow we're going to make a little bit more milk. And mm-hmm. so it, it eventually will catch up in most cases, I would say. Or like we did lactation cookies. Not that I needed them, but it was fun to find like new recipes. They taste good. We used brewer's (laughs) yeast and oatmeal were like my biggest ones that would help. And you kind of learn your body like, oh, I had those lactation cookies yesterday and I'm already, I'm pumping an ounce more or half an ounce more. And this is liquid gold people. So like a 10th of an ounce more is a big deal. (laughs) It is. Oh my gosh. Two days ago, I like pumped a world record and I was like, (laughs) woo. I don't know. I pumped four ounces. Right. I was really, really excited. And then I did not, I have not pumped that much since. But yeah. I'm like, but it, it, it just fluctuates. And that's like another sign that your body's working based on your baby and what they need mm-hmm. and not standards. So, yeah. As you can tell, we're pretty pro breastfeeding. Lots and lots of benefits for your baby long term. I mean, you can look them up, but it's a lot of lower disease rates. Um, for really long term, Betty, Betty, <laughs> Betty, better like overall um, stable weight throughout life. Um, they're at lower risk for like metabolic diseases. Um, and then you also have the benefit, I guess it's a benefit. I don't know if it's a benefit, but in toddler and um, yeah, toddlerhood. Well, now I'm switching topics. But I, what I was going to say is your weight of your baby throughout the first year will look very different than a formula-fed baby. So Mm -hmm. breastfed babies don't gain as much weight as quickly, but they're more stable and they're on a better curve. Well, not better, but they're on a more, um, like, proportional curve, whereas formula-fed babies can spike really high quickly because they're getting overfed. First nursing, the baby will turn its head. And during formula, a lot of times moms want to, like, finish the bottle or they don't know how much to make, so they make eight ounces and the baby really only needs five but they'll feed the eight ounces anyways. Whereas nursing, like we said earlier, you don't know how much they're getting. So you assume they're full when they stop eating. So it's better for intuitive eating purposes long-term. Which is why I struggle so much with pumping. Because I'm like, I'm taking away his intuitive eating. But he's also (sighs) has a heart defect and has Down syndrome. So like his intuitive eating is already going to be difficult. Yeah, (laughs) he's preemie. You'll work on him a lot. I know. He'll get there. He'll be great. It's just like about protecting that intuitive instinct that they're born with, you know, and that's what I've tried to do with Aiden. And he also is a really good eater now. And I, I wonder sometimes if that's because of breast milk, because I ate a very varied diet, your baby, the breast milk taste changes based on what you ate. Mm -hmm. And they do show that there's some research that babies who are breastfed exclusively for a year will have better, um, diets as toddlers and throughout adulthood because their tastes have expanded more than, like we said, formula is the same right every day eight times a day <laughs> it's the exact same right. so that's an interesting kind of tidbit as well um as far as picky eating goes and just like their expanding IQ. their desire like what they like and what they don't like yeah and then their iqs typically yeah. 
And this, again, isn't like, oh, I breastfed my baby. They're going to be a genius. <laughs> but um, it does help their IQ scores. And then it helps their immunity. So, like, oh, yes. one big reason why I'm trying so hard with him and I, like – if I have to pump full time for a year, I'll do it as much as I hate pumping. I will do it because, you know, like he has Down syndrome. He's getting heart surgery. Like, I don't want to do anything. Mom has celiac yeah, disease. Yeah, I have celiac disease, which is an autoimmune disease. So he's probably, and honestly, Down, yeah, down syndrome yeah. kids get celiac way more. It's way more prevalent. So right. it's like he's already going to probably have an autoimmune disorder. He's already getting heart surgery. He's premature. Like, he has so many things against him stacked up right now that I want to do... Like, this is the only thing I can really do for him that's going to benefit his immune system. Right. Especially before heart surgery. So, for me, it's so important, even though it's a lot of work and it's a lot of time and pumping sucks. Mm-hmm. There's I, no way around that. Yeah. And, like, I, you can ask anyone who pumps. It's not fun. <laughs> like, it's not. It's not fun. But, you know, it's worth it. To make sure that he's healthy. Oh my gosh, she's looking at her baby so cute. He's been so good. So little. I know, he's out. Yeah. So, anyways, if you guys have any questions or anything, you can always email us at uh, Diet Riot Podcast. Nope. Listen. Yeah, that's right. Diet.riot.podcast. That's our Instagram. Oh, yeah. Email is hello at diet. Sorry, guys. I have one glass of wine. I know. And we haven't done this in a while because baby (laughs) Ashton came and I was sick. It was more so I was sick and I didn't want to get Ashton sick. So um, our email is hello at dietriotpodcast.com. And like Brooke said, our Instagram, which you can also leave questions, comments there, um, like us, follow us, share with your friends, is at diet.riot.podcast. Um, feel free to share this episode with any new moms or um, expectant pregnant, mothers that you know, yeah. um, or keep in your back pocket for when you're pregnant or your wife is pregnant if you're a man listening. Honestly, yeah. So even my brother the other day, I mean, this wasn't the other day, this was probably six months ago, he said, I just listened to a podcast on nutrition and it's like this doctor. Her podcasts are really good, but they're very um, scientific and uh-huh. like, whoo, over people's heads. It's over a lot of people's heads. Yeah. Like, I have a Bachelor of Science, and it was, like, kind of over my head. And I have a degree in this. Yeah. Um, but she's a really good doctor, and she did a podcast, and she talked a lot about breast milk and breastfeeding. And my brother called me, and he was like, oh, my gosh, because he knows, you know, I did that for a job. And he said, wow, I did not know how important breastfeeding was right. and how important the breast milk was. And my brother, again, he's super into nutrition. Uh-huh. He just thought it was, like, the most interesting thing ever. It and is. so. Yeah. For dads out there, like, I know our following is probably mostly <laughs> females, um, but it, it's really important to know, and again, even if you don't think you ever want kids, you never know, or right. if you have a friend who, you know, is having a baby, or is pregnant, or struggled with breastfeeding, have them yeah. listen, because clearly we've both had our own struggles, and just because, like, Alyssa's Breastfeeding experience went pretty well with Aiden. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that her next kid might not be born yeah. early. Or, like, you not know, like, yeah. yeah, hopefully not. Totally. But, like, he's a preemie. And so, like, just you being a preemie means you're going to have your or own set of cleft palate. Or, like, or twins. twins. Or, Woo. yes, you can breastfeed twins. Yeah, you can. Yes, you it's can more work. triplets. Quadruplets? I don't know. But I bet you probably could. It's a lot more work. You would never sleep, I would assume. No, you're not going to sleep. Good luck. The other (laughs) thing I wanted to mention really quick, one of the reasons why women don't breastfeed in America is uh, my professor, and he was the director of nutrition at the time when I was at school there, 
did this study and asked women who were breastfeeding and who were formula feeding why they chose what they chose. And a lot of women answered that they thought formula was better for their baby than breast milk. Really? They And it's like this connotation, specifically in like undereducated parts of America, that um, because it's made by a factory and because Amer- like we're producing it, huh. it's better than what you can make on your own. And it costs money and it's like, yeah. oh, well, it's expensive, so it must be better than something that's free. And it's such a misconception of like, this is true of like... Or like an expensive formula. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, this is true of like regular food too, that we'll pay more for junk food than we will for an apple mm-hmm. because we think it's like, not even better, I don't think, but it's like more processed. It's so yeah. backwards the way that we think. Or like, huh. we'll buy food at a store, but we won't like grow our own food. Like it's very, it's ingrained in us to yeah. have to pay money for... I make this joke with Josh all the time. I don't want to go to a doctor that's on sale. Like, I don't want to go get an x-ray that's $52. I want to spend the $400 and get it done right. It's like, it's still an x-ray. It's still food. It's yeah. still, you know, so anyway, it's just a little tidbit that I remember from my huh. nutrition life cycles class. Well, another thing is your culture. So, like, when I worked at Wix. Yes. So, okay, so I would say a third of my clients were probably white. A third of my clients were African-American. And a third of them were Hispanic. And a lot of my Hispanic clients did not speak English. Mm-hmm. Guess who? breastfed hands down way more than any of my Hispanic than my Hispanic yeah like I honestly and this is like kind of sad but like if I saw a Hispanic one of my patients like only spoke Spanish I just assumed they were breastfeeding yeah and guess what 99% of the time they were and they were killing it they were killing it and like um because it was so important in their culture, which is awesome. Yeah. Like, it's so cool to see. Um, but my white and um, African-American clients, like, their rates of breastfeeding were so low. Yeah. And then, yeah, my Hispanic clients, like, they just did so well. And, you know, a lot of it was just the culture of, like, the dads worked yep. and provided for the family in that way. And the mom stayed home and provided for her family in that way. And, like... It was just, you know, ingrained in that culture. But it was really cool to see. One of the other reasons why women quit breastfeeding is because they have to go back to work. Mm -hmm. And they're too afraid to ask for a place to to pump. And legally, you are, um, they are obligated to give you a place and time to pump um, while you're at work. So make sure, check with your HR department, check with your boss. Yeah, they legally have to give you some. Yeah. Some space. They can't fire you. Like, don't be afraid. It's something that's important to you and your family. And I know that your livelihood as well. Um, but it's something that you need to discuss with. And if you're too afraid to ask them or anything, get someone else involved. Go to HR or, you know, get a friend or something else. Someone else that works there on your side. <laughs> you yeah, know? just ask, like, is there a room that I can pump in? Is right. there a private room that I can take my breaks in? I'll yep. do it over my lunch. And, like, that's what a lot of people have to do is they have to do it over their lunch break. Um, but if it's important to you, you know, you'll, you'll do it. And it's not ideal to like eat your lunch and pump. Yeah. But you can do it, you know, um, hands-free bra or cut some holes in a sports bra. Get a hands-free bra. Yeah. It is a life, life saving device. Um, and like luckily for our, you know, now Alyssa and I work from home, but when you were in the office, you had your own private pumping room. That's right. And private. it was Semi-private. like a closet. It was like, it with a friend. Well, you shared it with a coworker, but that's yeah. fine. That's um, it was you know, a closet. It, it was, was a legit closet. closet. It was legit a closet. But you know what? You could get your work done. And yeah. honestly, you didn't like whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Spacious. Um, it's fine. 
Yeah, so just see if you can, you know, find, honestly, even if it's a closet. It's not ideal, but... your car. I've totally pumped in my car. I've pumped on the plane before. Like, the weirdest places I've pumped, I'm, like, trying to think. There's a really cool pump on the market. I wish I had the name of it. The Willow. Is that the one that you can't tell you're pumping? Yeah, but... Like, fits in your bra? It does. So, I've heard a lot of people said it doesn't hold a lot of milk. Oh, yeah. So, a lot of people who use it are like, yeah, it's great for people who pump one ounce of boob, (laughs) but if you're pumping, like, four ounces or... I can't remember the exact number, but it was, like... fill up those Medela... Um, oh, like damn. not not at this early. Don't worry. Oh, I was like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, geez. No, no, this is later. Like when Aiden was like oh. four or five months, I okay. would fill up a Medela pump, which is it says up to five ounces, but then the top is like another ounce, so uh-huh. six ounces on one side. Damn. Yeah. That's so a there's lot no of way milk. I could do Willow. <laughs> no. Yeah. And that's um during my breathing class we talked about oh, that, yeah. and she was like, "Don't get it if you're gonna be pumping a lot because." Yeah. There's a lot of styles out there, people, and you can pump in places you wouldn't even imagine. I hope no cops listen, but I've totally pumped while driving. I don't know if that's a I just (laughs) bought a car adapter because Jesse and I are going to go snowboarding in a few weeks, and (laughs) I was like, well, I need to pump while you drive us, and I need to pump on the way home, and so I got a car adapter, and also I got a Spectra S2 hospital-grade pump through my insurance. Most insurance will cover a free breast pump. And some of the supplies as well. Yeah. And I would highly recommend the Spectra pump. Um, we used to just promote Medela at my last job. But that was years ago. And the Spectra is pretty new. And it's the only hospital grade um, pump that my insurance would cover. And a lot of insurance will cover. And wow. it's the same price as Medela. I have um, the Medela. And I, I don't know. I didn't do a lot of research. Someone else told me they have a Medela. And I just did. It was not quiet. Yeah, the Medela is not quiet. The Spectra is. And um, I was using the Medela Symphony in the hospital, in the NICU, which is a hospital grade. Like, it's like the gold standard pump. It's like $1,000. And my Spectra, I would come home at night when he was in the NICU, and I would pump the exact same amount with this Spectra. Oh, awesome. And so if you do have to pay out of pocket for it, I think it's like $170 on Amazon, but totally worth it if you have to pump a lot. I think most insurances cover it. Insurance? Yeah, insurance the will cover. Is most insurances reimburse you, so you need to be able to come up with it ahead of time. Oh, our insurance, United Healthcare. Oh, plug for United Healthcare. Mine was. Um, they they just let me pick. It, but things have changed. Yeah, they just let me pick a it's pump. It's been a few years. And they paid for it. Oh, I wanted to say, Josh and I went skiing one time when I was, well, a few times when I was pumping. Yeah. And I put my breast milk in the snow. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. Because I was like, either that or I brought Well, ice. just bring a cooler. I did. And then fill it with snow. Yep. And That's then put what your, I did. Yeah. I just put it next to our wheel, like, like next to our wheel in the snow. And I was like, I wonder if anyone walked by this and was like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. But whatever. No, I'm just going to bring a cooler and fill it with snow when I get there. Yeah. And it was pretty funny. Hell yeah. But yeah, we had yeah, to stop. what you do for kids. I know. We had to like stop skiing and go pump every like four to six hours. It wasn't like, it was like twice during the skiing day because by that time, Aiden was older. Well, and I, we're we're just going to go up when they open, and then yeah. we're just going to ski, honestly, for, like, three hours straight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grab a beer and go. Like, I'm not going to be on the slopes for yeah. more than three and a half, four hours anyway. And then I'll just pump on the way You just have to be a little bit unique, you know? Yeah. Pump while you fly. I used to, I nursed Aiden every time we flew. Like, it's it actually, helps their it ears totally when helps. they pop. And they're, like, focused on it. They don't even care where they are. Yep. I always say, though, it's funny. People complain about babies on planes. It's not really babies. It's, like, I mean, it is, but it's, like, eight months to, like, 17, 18 months. Yeah, that sounds way worse. When, like, like, can you imagine an astronaut on a plane right now? He'd do great. He'd be fine. He'd be totally fine. He does not care. Yeah. 
And so, like, for months, it's like that. But once they get aware and they start, like, worrying about stuff or, you know, stranger danger yeah. or whatever, then they start to freak out. So it's really not infants. It's like, ugh. It's like the babies toddlers. that want to be moving or can't communicate. Anyways. All right. Well, that was a good hour. So. Yeah. We knew long, this but... would be a really long podcast. And honestly, we could still talk about more stuff. Oh, the studies that are out there, like, specific, like, very specific studies they've done really interesting but we could go on forever so we'll keep it at this um and if you guys have any questions let us know yeah we could definitely uh, email you or yeah instagram you i would love questions. once we have enough questions to do an entire podcast like q a style oh yeah we should so do send that us some questions yeah send us questions about any topic anything anything we'll nutrition related or mom related or pregnancy related yeah or really life related we talk about yeah we'll give advice anything. about life you want to know about brooke donating plasma we'll tell you all about <laughs> back in college that's how i paid for my beer sorry <sighs> mom and dad sorry <laughs> um anyways we'll be back with you guys next tuesday for some more podcasting and uh let us know what you'd like to hear about bye, bye.